Chapter 3 The Law of Labor The Necessity of Labor Question 674 Is the necessity of labor a law of nature? And the answer, that labor is a law of nature and is proved by the fact that it is a necessity and that civilization obliges man to perform a greater amount of labor because it increases the sum of his needs and of his enjoyments. Question 675. Ought to we understand by labor only occupations of material nature? And the answer, no, the spirit labors like the body. Every sort of useful occupation is a labor. Question 676. Why is labor imposed upon mankind? And the answer, it is a consequence of his corporeal nature. It is an expiation and at the same time a means of developing his intelligence. Without labor, man would remain in the infancy of intelligence. This is why he is made to owe his food, his safety, and his well-being entirely to his labor and activity. To him who is too weak in the body for the rougher kinds of work, God gives intelligence to make up for it. But the action of the intelligence is also a labor. Question 676. Why does nature herself provide for all the wants of the animals? And the answer, everything in nature labors. The animals labor as really as you do, but their work, like their intelligence, is limited to the care of their own preservation. And this is why labor among them does not lead to progress, while among men it has a double aim, vis-a-vis -vis the preservation of the body and the development of thought, which is also a necessity for him and which raises him continually to a higher level. When I say that the labor of the animals is limited to the care of their preservation, I mean that this is the aim which they propose themselves in working. But they are also unconsciously, and while providing only for their material needs, agents that second the views of their creator, and their labor nonetheless concurs to the working out of the final end of nature, although you often fail to discover its immediate result. Question 678. In worlds more advanced than the earth, is man subjected to the same necessity of labor? And the answer, the nature of the labor is always relative to that of the wants it supplies. The less material are those wants, the less material is the labor. But you must not suppose that man in those worlds remains inactive and useless. Idleness would be a torture instead of a benefit. Question 679. Is he who possesses a sufficiency of worldly goods for his subsistence enfranchised from the law of labor? And the answer, from material labor, perhaps, but not from the obligation of rendering himself useful according to his means and of developing his own intelligence and that of others, which is also a labor. If the man to whom God has apportioned a sufficiency of means for ensuring his corporeal existence be not constrained to win his bread by the sweat of his brow, the obligation of being useful to his fellow creatures is all the greater in his case, because the portion appointed to him gives him a greater amount of leisure for doing good.
Question 680. Are there not men who are incapable of working at anything whatever, and whose existence is entirely useless? And the answer, God is just. He condemns only him who is voluntarily useless, for such a one lives upon the labor of others. He wills that each should make himself useful according to his faculties. Question 681. Does the law of nature impose upon children the obligation of laboring for their parents? And the answer, certainly it does. Just as it imposes on parents the duty of laboring for their children. For this reason God has given a place in nature to the sentiment of filial and paternal affection in order that the members of a family may be led by their mutual affection to aid each other reciprocally, a duty which is too often lost sight of in your present state of society. Limit of Labor, Rest Question 682 Rest being a necessity after labor, is it not a law of nature? And the answer, undoubtedly it is. Rest serves to restore the bodily powers and is also necessary in order to give a little more freedom to the mind, enabling it to raise itself above matter. Question 683. What is the limit of labor? And the answer, the limit of strength. But God leaves man at liberty to decide this point for himself. Question 684. What is to be thought of those who misuse their authority by imposing too heavy a labor on their inferiors? And the answer, they commit one of the worst of crimes. Every man exercising authority is answerable for any excess of labor imposed by him on those who are under his orders, for he thereby transgresses the law of God. Question 685. Has man a right to repose in old age? And the answer, Yes, he is only obliged to labor according to his strength. Follow-up question, but what resource is there for the old man who needs to work in order to support himself and yet is unable to do so? And the answer, the strong should work for the weak. Where family help is not to be had, society should supply its place. Such is the law of charity. Kordek adds, to say that it is necessary for man to work is not to make a complete statement of the subject, for it is also necessary that he who has to get his bread by labor should be able to find occupation, and this is far from being always the case. Whenever the suspension of labor becomes general, it assumes the proportions of a famine. Economic science seeks a remedy for this evil in the equilibrium of production and consumption but this equilibrium, supposing it to be attainable, will always be subject to intermittences, and during these intervals the laborer must live. There is an element of the question which has not been sufficiently considered, vis-à-vis -vis education, not merely the education of the intellect, not even that of the moral nature as given by books, but that which consists in the formation of characters and habits for education is the totality of the habits acquired. When we consider how great a mass of individuals are thrown each day into the torrent of population, abandoned without principles or curb to the impulsions of their animal instincts, 
Can we wonder at the disastrous consequences thence resulting? When the art of education shall be rightly understood and practiced, each man will bring into the sphere of daily habits of order and forethought for himself and for those dependent on him and of respect for that which is worthy of being respected. And these habits will enable him to traverse periods of difficulty with greater ease. Disorder and improvidence are social sores that can only be cured by education rightly understood. The generalization of such education is the starting point, an essential element of social rendering, the only pledge of security for all. For those interested in learning more about Spiritism, you can find the entire The Spirits book on PDF. Look up Allan Kardec space PDF on your favorite search engine. If you wish to explore more about the levels of heaven and the attributes of a spirit and the future of earth, I suggest you read my series of three books, starting with Heaven and Below, next Spirits and the Spirit Universe, and the third book, How Spirits Guide Us. God bless.